It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And ahead we go for sure into the postseason for a couple of sports, football and volleyball. We will talk plenty about what happened at Raymond James Stadium on Saturday night, but also some of the things that you guys are interested in as far as looking ahead to bowl season. Obviously, volleyball getting a bid, very much earning a bid to the NIVC. Also a very fun day in store at the Yangling Center on Thursday for women's basketball. Michael, I was, of course, with the women's basketball team in the Virgin Islands, but we were all keeping an eye on what was going on back at Raymond James Stadium. In fact, the first thing Jose Fernandez said when he came across the court to do his postgame interview with me was, how's football doing? So everyone wanted to know. <laughs> They're doing good. 38-14. Nice. If the Bulls were winning, and obviously they did. So since you were there and a lot of other people were, what was it like being there? It was a special day. And I'm not surprised Jose did ask. We've got our coaches are really supportive of each other and a true Team USF concept. So uh, they, everybody knows, uh, no matter what the sport, how important uh, football is to uh, to our entire brand, to uh, uh, to our, our revenue, and and uh, for Coach Golish and his staff and our players to uh, to finish that strongly and to to get us into a bowl game. And in his first year as head coach is just a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment and a great step forward. And, and as he said uh, uh, rightly in his post game, that's that's not our goal. That's not our standard. That's a great step along along the way that we, we certainly have higher aspirations and building toward a, a consistent championship contender. Uh, but it starts starts with steps and to make a step from, uh, uh, you know, one win last year to six wins this year is tremendous. And I'm really proud of our players really proud of our coaches and and I just appreciative of our fans that uh, you know so many of them came out for a really special special night to have fan appreciation night to have a really good crowd to have fireworks afterward to see the jubilation of our players for this great next step is uh, was heartwarming and it's certainly a night that uh, that I won't soon forget so I listened to all of what coach Golish had to say afterwards and he was uh, almost to the point of repeating it, but he, he really wanted to put it out there. Like you said, that six wins is not the standard going forward, but I got to ask, did you, did you get to see him actually celebrate it a little bit? Because it almost sounded like he, he wasn't in a celebratory mood, which I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> well, he, uh, he, he was celebrating in the sense that he was just really happy for the guys. Right. He, he, he puts his heart and soul into having success and making sure that uh, our guys have the best experience possible and to see them have and taste some success for the hard work is is important and you know he spent uh, all season and certainly even this last week or two stressing that pouring yourself into the process taking care of your body taking care of your schoolwork taking the right professional approach to everything you do is the key to success and i think I think as he saw the accountability misses go down, as he saw the the buy-in go up, um, you see a performance like you saw the other night with a few a few penalties, with really good execution, uh, with one of the best defensive performances we've had all year, and obviously uh, with a chance to celebrate at the end. So, so he was indeed happy with that uh, that that step, and he just knows it's a it's a necessary and a great step forward for the program. Just to get a little bit of a broad step back here, it was, I believe, December 4th of 2022, naturally, when the announcement was made that Alex Golish would be the new head football coach at 
South Florida. Can you just sort of recall what your mind was going through back then? I'm guessing part of you, a big part of you thought, yep, this is my guy. Yeah, I remember, you know, obviously what 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 you know off the surface, like many fans did, just in terms of the types of the offensive output he had and kind of the the stats that he had as a, as a as a pure offensive coordinator, and that's kind of what first got him on my short list. But then when you dig deeper and get to know him over the course of the calls and the meetings that we had, you see a fierce competitor. You see a, a guy that uh, will pour everything he's got into being successful. And then, as I've said many, many times, you see someone that uh, I think understands and evaluates the current landscape of college football, how to win, how to put the right team together, and frankly, how to how to properly motivate your players. And uh, he's a great recruiter. He's a relentless recruiter. But as I've said before, he's a he develops real, authentic relationships with our players, and sometimes that's motivating and sometimes that's just speaking the truth about what you have to work on and, and and those sorts of things and I think the guys ultimately appreciate that the candor and the and the directness is is important and you can't fool anybody anymore in today's college football landscape because people can transfer people can do their thing so you might as well yeah. tell the truth from the get-go and be ready to roll and and the best things I can think about Alex are just he stayed true to what he said from day one that he's Hardworking, authentic, and has a vision to to make this place uh, place a, a perennial championship contender. And now with next year's CFP uh, new format, it gives us a chance to uh, you know really jump to higher bowls and to potentially get into the playoff. What people also need to know is that speaking of you know conference standing and trying to win it next year and do that, uh, it is very important to note the tiebreakers in my mind anyway. When you look at the conference standings. Uh, and there's a three-way tie for fifth place, and the South Florida Bulls are one of the teams, and the other two are Rice and Navy. I don't know about anybody else's tiebreakers, but if you beat the other two teams, that makes you fifth place. And <laughs> really, that's... No, that's no, there's no joke about that. I mean, that's Derek Sharp's tiebreakers, but that's actually the AAC tiebreakers, too. So okay. you're right. We were, predi- we, were, we were predicted to be 13th. Uh, we finished fifth. Uh, we were predicted to win three or four games. We won six. So, uh, again, we want to win 12. Uh, we want to win 13, <laughs> but uh, but obviously uh, just a tremendous step forward. And, and I know we'll keep working hard to pour everything we can to make this program as, as good as we can, as fast as we can, as Coach likes to say. Uh, before we look ahead to the bowl prospectus, let's uh, get people, and I know Coach Golish himself could probably get it detailed to the hour or the minute as far as the answer to this question goes, but give people an idea anyway of what, in addition to being able to play an extra game does for a team from additional practices and all the other benefits that go along from a, just a development standpoint. Yeah. Extra practices are really important. You get guys that even were on practice squads this year that didn't, you know, guys that played will get more time, more reps, more understanding of his system. Guys that didn't play in games will now get that many more reps to be ready for spring ball and really understand the system. And then now when we be able, when we're able to have, uh, you know, these next couple of weeks that are so critical to, recruiting and as i hope people know we're currently the top rated recruiting class in in the american that we want to preserve and hold on to um now the guys can come to see them practice and and even the recruits can better understand uh what we're putting in place here so it's it's a it's special it's a great opportunity and uh uh, it's great for recruiting and for for your just pure development wow that last point is a pretty enormous one so people 
probably know what's out there as far as possibilities. And for some conferences, generally the tradition has been it, it's a, a little pecking order where, you know, second choice gets this bowl, third choice gets this bowl. It's a little different for the American, even though there's a, a few bowls that are going to contain an American athletic conference team. So take us through all of that if you can. Yeah, there's a lot of unique dynamics to to it. This whole week is is a lot of bowls uh, and schools, and and really, we funnel a lot of our information through Commissioner Resco's office and and Jamie Hickson, who's the associate commissioner for football. He really has to work really hard this week and hearing from the uh, bowl eligible teams and talking to the uh, bowl directors and really try to manage the overall process. But in our case, obviously, some of it will depend also on on our championship game this this weekend when Tulane hosts uh, SMU because the winner of that could could have a lot of say in terms of what happens. So what what will be discussed a lot this week will be maybe almost two different flowcharts in the eyes of the bowl directors that hey, if Tulane wins, this is kind of the way it's going to go. If right. SMU wins, this is the kind of the way it goes. You know. So and then uh, I also know that no matter how good the flowchart is on. Saturday morning, uh, it changes on Sunday for some reason because it might affect, uh, you know, some other bowl game that you wouldn't even think about might <laughs> might impact, some, you know, somebody else when you're talking about the 40 plus uh, bowl games out there. But uh, it's, it's a unique process. But for us in general, if it goes according to plan in the conference, what happens is the, you know, hopefully our champion will go to the New Year's six as it has in seven of the first nine years of the of the uh, CFP. So that, that's that's the hope. Uh, that gives our, us and all of our conference colleagues a little bit extra money. It's it's something that gets distributed to all of us, uh, which would be great. So we want the American to do well when it's not us. <laughs> sure. Uh, and 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 then uh, from there, it's uh, you know. So let's say the champion goes to the New Year's Six Bowl, and then it's typically either the military and or the Liberty, uh, if the Liberty gets into our our mix, and that depends on. The other conference affiliation, they they kind of have their first pick at it, if 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 you will, and you know they have different motivations, whether it's ticket sales, whether it's you know the best possible team they can have, whether it's the unique matchup they can have against the ACC opponent that they have in the Military Bowl, and um, so there's a lot of you know things that different bowls are are thinking about. In the case of the Military Bowl, I know they're gonna they always think most about attendance. You know uh, they want to sell as many tickets as they possibly can, so that's why. When we right after the game was over, we sent out a, a note to all of our season ticket holders saying, "Hey, sign up. Let us know you're interested. We we want to have uh, as many people buy through uh, USF ticket p- office as possible, and you know, kind of make us put our best foot forward as as these bowls are making their evaluation. But hey, the good news is uh, not only us making a bowl game again, but we uh, we did lead we did lead the American in, in attendance this year, which is a, a nice thing to be able to tell tell a bowl director, uh, and uh, you know, have a very uh, Great story to tell with some great accomplishments here. We also had the highest rated uh, audience for a television game this year in the American with our 5 million plus that watched that, that our home game against Alabama. So uh, we've got good things to promote out there and uh, we want to make sure whoever, uh, you know, we want, we want to be good partners with whatever, whatever bowl selects us, but that's what the military bowl has to pick. And then all the rest of our bowls in our conference affiliation are all owned by what's called ESPN events. Okay. Uh, there's, Three of them that uh, there's the Hawaii and the Fenway are definitely games that should be filled by American teams this year. And then there's like six or seven others that they own that they can kind of move around uh, with all their different affiliations. That could be the first responder bowl in Dallas. It could be the armed forces bowl in Fort Worth. It could be, uh, it could be the Boca bowl down in Boca. Hmm. could be the Gasparilla bowl here in Tampa. Uh, All those are, are games that are kind of in the, 
in the possible mix. But I think for the most part, it's too way too early to tell this week. But 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 I, I would suggest the ones that are taking the closest look at us right right now are military, Fenway, Gasparilla, Boca, first responders, and uh, armed forces are probably the the most likely ones that are kind of considering us right now. And hey. That which means probably it could be someone else that's not in that list, but that's just what I've heard so far. Well, wait, you would be the person that would hear it. Now, forgive me for having asked this question, but where is the first responder bowl? <laughs> that, that's in Dallas, SMU Stadium, and uh-huh. the Armed Forces Bowl is played in Fort Worth at TCU Stadium. Uh, the Boca Bowl is played down at the FAU sure. Stadium. Um, I think I know where the Gasparilla is, you, yeah. Gasparilla is right here at Raymond James, and military is uh, played at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. It's the activities of the bowl week are held in Washington, D.C., and then they go over to Annapolis on game day. Uh, And then who else? And then Fenway, of course, is played in Boston at the the, uh, historic home of the Boston Red Sox. So (laughs) it'd be be interesting to see what happens. All right, so a variety of places to circle as possible destinations for this December, which is just fantastic to even uh, think about. And, of course, we'll talk about it next week because the bowls will all be done by this Sunday. Uh, Something that we were looking for on Sunday night, and that was if, and really, now that I look at the selection process, not if, more just so when and where, that the volleyball team would be headed. Because last week we talked about how impressive it would be to end up with a win against Rice. And, I mean, what a way to end the regular season, which, of course, is not the end of the season for volleyball, Michael. Yeah, that was a that was a really inspirational game. It was a great crowd on a on a Wednesday afternoon, and I really appreciate the fans coming out. Great crowd at the corral. We ended up, as a result of the win, ended up being undefeated in the corral this year. So it's obviously a great wow. home, home court advantage. But again, I was just impressed. Hey, Rice is traditionally uh, extremely good volleyball program. They've they've done done very well, and and uh, was was predicted much higher than us in the preseason uh, ratings. But for us to beat them on the final day just shows not only the trajectory of the program overall, but just the way we finished so strongly uh, to to win a great game like that, and, and as a result, win the American Athletic Conference East Division outright. We knew we had a share when we talked last week, and as you pointed out, it gave us the opportunity to finish our finish in third place, which was uh, tremendous. Uh, so, just a great, great night. You could tell how meaningful it was to our players. You could tell how meaningful it was to Coach Shepherdson. Uh, she was uh, tearful with joy when she was able to win that and see her family and obviously celebrate with her her players. So very exciting. And as a result, uh, we get, a, a again, a similar thing to football, a chance to keep um, playing and also a chance to uh, just continue to show the, the evolution and, and the upward trajectory of this, this program to go to the NIVC is just a great opportunity again. A little more practice, a little more competition around around the country and they get to go to new york city and what's better than new york city during holiday time so it's going to be fun to go we'll play at st john's uh as the host of their of that little pod if you will but we'll play buffalo and then we'll we'll go on and play at st john's again on on saturday afternoon if we're successful going up against the buffalo bulls south florida bulls and i cannot wait to see the all-conference i know i think anyway football's all-conference for this season will come out on wednesday i'm not sure when volleyball is going to be announced, but I'm telling you right now, the Bulls should have three on that first team with Buse Hazan, Maria Andaraj, and Caroline Dykes, their setter. We haven't mentioned her too much. Uh, she's just been tremendous, and I love that, that whole team, and the story will continue. We'll talk about it and how they do next week. Uh, we alluded to Thursday 
it is, uh, I guess, too late to get tickets to this basketball game. And if you're hearing that, you're thinking, <laughs> what? Yeah, explain people what's happening. It's education morning day. Yeah, our, our women's basketball program and our ex- entire external marketing team have just done a tremendous job. I mean, we, we have done education days in the past, and we've had great crowds uh, of, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, elementary school and middle school students that have come basically as a field trip to come spend a day at USS campus to and then to see one of our games and to, and to cheer us on. And, and in years past, we've had five, six thousand people. It's been tremendous. Uh, but we've got 75 schools that have accepted the invitation this year. Uh, wow. We expect every single seat filled 9000 plus uh, uh, for this game. So it'll, it'll be a tremendous just like we had a great uh, as, I, as I said earlier, we led the American in football attendance. We, I believe, led volleyball and attendance by virtue of some of our great matchups we had early in the year with uh, with Florida and uh, Georgia Tech when we played them in, in the Yangling Center earlier in the year. And, and then you've got uh, a chance with this with this women's basketball game to just be unbelievable. And, and I love it because you get a chance to get kids exposed to our great campus and as they think about their futures to not only be, you know, thinking about college, but to think about going to college at the University of South Florida and, and have a love for the Bulls from, from day one is a special treat. So it's going to be loud. Uh, <laughs> 9,000, uh, your, your broadcast is going to be oh, tough, but uh, you'll, you'll figure it out. It'll I can't, sound great. I can't wait. I mean, it's, uh, yes, there's a little bit of yelling, and then you have to you know, instruct the kids in a nice way. You know, don't cheer for every basket because you just cheer for the South Florida baskets. There's going to be some of that action, but I'll take it easy on them. It's just a fantastic environment. And uh, since you can't get in, unless you already have a ticket, make sure you're tuned in to Bulls Unlimited at 11 a.m. on Thursday. And just to to backtrack on what you said about uh, the volleyball attendance, people didn't notice the NCAA tournament. Uh, Florida, Georgia Tech, Penn State all got either four and five seeds. So uh, we can't wait for that event, the Final Four, to come here in a few weeks. Well, uh, do you ha- have any meetings or anything like that when it comes to bowl games scheduled, or is it just, you know, <laughs> you figure it out when you figure it out on Sunday? Well, it's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of things that we just, just shared to, you know, let our the bowl partners kind of know our, our goals. And, and, and our primary goal is to basically maximize the opportunity to practice and to maximize the opportunity to recruit. And th- those are really big goals. And, and all, all the while, giving our guys a great reward to go somewhere or and have a you know, a great week and another chance to, to perform on national television and, and, and go out uh, a winner, certainly our plan. So lots of great benefits to being in this bowl. Really appreciate uh, everyone supporting us, particularly those that came out to the game on Saturday night. And, uh, hey, let's just watch what happens on Sunday. You never know what the selection will be like, but uh, we've given you a good rundown here on the podcast of where we think our possibilities. And uh, We'll find out Sunday afternoon, and it'll be great no matter where. As, as I've – in early in my career, I heard from many, many coaches there's definitely no such thing as a bad bowl game, and we're, we're just glad to be talking about it again, and we look forward to, to the opportunity wherever we might go. And just, again, appreciate everybody. So go Bulls.